our lives are deeply shaped by the quality of our decisions. Sooner or later, it catches up with everyone. Welcome to the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where we talk about applying high leverage psychology in your business and life. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, private practice owner, speaker, executive coach, and consultant. I became a psychologist to learn how to leverage psychology and help others do the same. For over a decade, I've been tracking how psychology gets in the way of smart and results-driven people. For years, I've developed frameworks and tools to help them leverage psychology instead to launch themselves forward. It's my mission to share my hard-earned lessons with you so you can launch yourself forward too. I can't wait to talk high leverage psychology with you so you can learn to take higher leverage action today. Let's talk high leverage psychology. Today, I'm unpacking decision-making why people get paralyzed, make poor decisions, and how to consistently make better decisions faster. I'm sharing the biggest pitfalls I've seen and how to reverse them to make optimal decisions, especially when it matters most. Decision-making is a critical skill. The difference between the greatest achievements and biggest disappointments in life boil down to decision-making. Getting it right means putting your time, effort, and money into a multiplier. The rewards of great decisions can be 2x, 10x, or 100x the outcome, or more. Whether in business, relationships, parenting, or personally feeling happy, fulfilled, and free. But getting it wrong can multiply all our efforts by zero. Or worse, push us into the negative. Our lives are deeply shaped by the quality of our decisions. Sooner or later, it catches up with everyone. Here are the six biggest ways I've seen people get paralyzed or struggle with decision-making and a bonus issue that can trigger any of them. Number one, the judgment imbalance. Have you ever heard the saying, penny wise, dollar foolish? Sometimes people spend lots of time obsessing over small choices, choices that don't make a huge impact at the end of the day, year, or decade, but then make terrible big decisions that cost them big time. It's like working hard all day, week, and month but then gambling away your paycheck as soon as it comes in. Other times, people mistake urgency for importance, or the reverse. Urgency is an imminent decision that must be made. At some point, we need to decide what to eat during the day. The longer we wait, the more urgent that decision can become. Or think about laundry. At some point, we're going to need to do laundry, but the urgency of that is very low just after we've done laundry and continues to go up until it's something that we really need to do imminently, immediately. Importance has to do with the impact or consequence of the decision. So importance really is about the outcome or result in terms of the consequence. Misjudging the nature or impact of your choices leads to wasting time and energy or setting yourself back. But even when we judge it accurately, it's not always easy to stick to it, which is where problem number two comes in, the impulse problem making decisions on a whim, without clarity, not knowing exactly what we want 
or what our goal is or how the decision moves us towards it. In psychology, it's called impulsiveness. Here's the difference between impulse and intuition. Impulse is an urge to act now. Intuition is recognizing that some part of you is pulling you in a specific direction. One is reactive, the other is responsive. Reactive impulses can make for terrible decision-making. Let's dissect that. Impulsiveness is fed by two factors, optimism and high reactivity. Optimism is ascribing to the positive potential as if it's more likely or realistic. We feel excited about all the possibilities that open up, the riches, relaxation, the freedom on the other side. Thinking about the best case scenario without considering the realistic outcome. Sometimes it's helpful to see a positive path forward, but it's a problem when we overestimate or rely on the positive outcome, like it's definitely going to turn out that way. Entrepreneurs and founders are especially likely to experience this kind of optimism. It's euphoric. And why wouldn't it be? Imagine a better world, a better life. Believe it, and conviction drives action to make it real. But that can lead to decision-making on a whim. Reactivity isn't just the same as impulsiveness, but they're closely linked in how we handle one key emotion, frustration. Research shows they're like two sides of the same coin. Our ability to sit in and work through frustration is on the other side of the coin to impulsiveness. People act on impulse when they feel frustrated, but the frustration is intolerable. So they switch gears, go do something else instead. Avoiding frustration feeds impulsiveness because it creates chronic distractedness. Think goldfish-like attention and decision-making. Impulsiveness creates two problems, lack of focus and half-baked execution. Like when execs and entrepreneurs keep getting distracted by new trends or ideas, abandoning their current plans and projects to start something new. It's the shiny object syndrome that leads to a hundred half-finished projects and constantly missing the mark on the most important priority. When it's critical to look at the obstacle, pick it apart, and find a way through to the other side methodically. Impulsiveness really is the opposite, avoiding the process of slowing down, strategically working through the decision. Okay, so we've overcome the judgment imbalance and the impulse problem. Doesn't mean our decisions actually move the needle forward. Why? Because of problem number three, priority confusion. When it comes to achieving your goals and dreams, there are things that matter. There are things that matter more and things that matter most. Know what is most important to you, your highest priority. Confusion here leads to putting effort into the quote-unquote easier path instead of the most effective one. Knowing the priority gives you clarity and leverage. Leverage to focus on key decisions to move you towards your goals and dreams. Like sitting on the couch watching TV with your family overdoing housework, having deep conversation, or playing with the kids. It also creates a terrible reputation. When founders obsess over profit, but make decisions based on top-line revenue instead. When parents promise to show up for their kids, but choose to work late and on weekends. When executives talk about caring for their workforce, but choose to cut back on what matters to them most. Confusing priorities is a surefire way to miss the mark on making good decisions. Okay, 
So now we're saying what's important and following through. No more promises to the kids without showing up. If profit matters, don't pretend that people matter more. Be clear what matters and chase it relentlessly with your choices. It can still go wrong because of problem number four, the alignment issue. You can know your priorities inside and out. You can say them and stick to them, but ignoring what's important to others creates big problems. Imagine telling your workforce you put the company in profits first. Maybe they stay for the culture, if there is a good one, or to build a resume up. But as soon as they get what they need, or as soon as they feel that what matters to them and what they are really looking for is not being met, well, they're going to start looking to leave. Imagine deciding and telling your spouse and kids that work matters most to you. What happens next? It matters. Everywhere other people are involved, in all kinds of relationships, business, marriage, family, friends, it really matters. I've watched clients lose or keep their best talent based on the decisions they made and how much they accounted for the priorities of their people. I've seen clients hurt or heal their marriage and families based on their decisions in the same way, accounting for each other's desires and values. Getting aligned before making and executing decisions is make or break, whenever more than one person is involved. Take a moment to think about how many of your decisions affect other people around you. It will surprise you. Hey everyone, digging the insights? Here's what you can do to spread them to more people. Leave a rating for the podcast right now. It's a tiny act and takes only a couple of seconds but it's a huge help in sharing the best insights with more people, which means the world to me, because all I want to do is help more people overcome challenges faster, unlock their potential, and feel more fulfilled in work, relationships, and life. It could make all the difference to the next person who finds the podcast. Okay, so you're aware of the judgment imbalance and the impulse problem, the priority confusion, and the alignment issue. You're being active, intentional, clear, inclusive, and forward-thinking in your choices. But it can still go off the rails with problem number five, the follow-through fallacy. Not all decisions are created equal. Some decisions are easier to follow through on, like doing a picnic in the backyard versus camping in the woods for a week. Sometimes we don't account for what it will take to follow through, not calculating the resources, effort, and preparation required for success which creates a false sense of ease and can lead back to earlier problems, like taking the path of least resistance. Execs deciding to make a huge pivot without testing first, without realizing how much they need to invest in the shift for it really to get going. Taking big risk without considering the consequences, then pivoting again and again. It can trigger those earlier problems, mixing up priorities, becoming impulsive, leaving bridges half-built, and indulging in shiny object syndrome. Big decisions can often be broken down into a series of smaller choices. Smaller choices can be systematized, automated, building the foundation to move towards the big goal. Here's a common example. People decide to eat healthy, but then they buy more junk food at the grocery store, sometimes on an impulse. They keep it on the table where they see it all the time, constantly tempting themselves. The follow-through fallacy bites them in the backside. 
So when making a decision, it's important to think through the smaller decisions that roll up into it. Eating healthy includes shopping, food prep, making it easier to eat better and harder to eat junk. Work through the chain of decisions and how to execute them. Ignore this at your peril. Take the necessary time to get informed. Know what you're signing up for. Plan for it. Don't ignore the amount of work, the chain of decisions, the time frame, or the scope. The bigger the decision, the more important this is. But don't go overboard here. Not every micro decision has to be perfectly executed. Which brings us to number six, the perfection paralysis. I see it all the time. People getting caught in the loop of thinking, evaluating, examining a choice, trying to figure out how to make everything go perfectly, to never be criticized, to be flawless right now, trying to get immediate results. The bad news is that it's not often possible. Not when you think perfection is a short-term outcome of today's decision. Instead, think of perfection as a long-term dream. Lots of small, medium, big decisions, adjustments over time. Take the pressure off of today's decision to be 100% right. Accept that every decision will lead to action. And the result is feedback, new opportunity, new information, new decision point. Think in terms of calibrating over time, over and over and over again. No ship sets a course and follows it exactly to the destination. There are hundreds or even thousands of tiny and sometimes really big course corrections. So make the big decision, look at the smaller pieces as your best guess to move in the direction of the big decision and calibrate as needed over time. Here's the bonus I mentioned earlier. Number seven, the fear effect. There's secretly one more reason people struggle with decisions. Fear. Fear of failure or success. Feel of what people will think or say. Fear of strangers or our closest loved ones. These fears can deeply impact how we live and how we consider and make decisions. Seeing our choices through the eyes of people around us. Holding ourselves back because of our fear of what they will think, judge, say, or even do. Trying to avoid the fear can lead to any of the other six pitfalls in decision-making, especially perfection paralysis. Sometimes the first and most important work is to learn how to navigate your fear. So let's unpack that right here, right now. Fear shows up when we perceive a clear and imminent danger. That danger can be to our bodies, but danger isn't just limited to physical. It can be our relationships, our emotions, our identity, or finances. When we're avoiding something that's actually important to face and address, fear might be in the mix. For example, when we fear the judgment of others, we're relying on their view of who we are and see a danger in how they might label us for trying, failing, or even succeeding. But the fear isn't the actual problem. It's the messenger. It's how we handle the fear that can get us into trouble. Here's what I mean. The purpose of fear is to tag potential danger help us perceive it, and help us avoid it. Here's where it gets really interesting. Sometimes fear is trying to show us we perceive danger even when it's not real or not what we make it out to be. The message isn't always what it seems. Fear might tell us we assume there's danger when there isn't, and it's actually pushing us to notice and adjust our assumptions or mindset. Fear might be pointing to a deeper danger, the danger of allowing others to control what we do with their thoughts, 
their feelings, their words. So what if a stranger or your dad might judge you? So what if your friends doubt your abilities or envy your success? A part of your brain might be deeply concerned about the consequences. Socially, in relationships, even your own identity. The message might be that your beliefs and reactions pose a danger. It might even be that staying in that group of friends or around certain kinds of people could be damaging or dangerous as you're pursuing or making decisions to accomplish your goals, to move towards your dreams. So it may be time to reconsider your beliefs, to reconsider what's actually likely to happen or what really matters to you. Fear might be telling you it's time to skill up so you can feel more secure, so you know how to handle friends, family, or strangers who point out your flaws or criticize you. Or it might be trying to show you that you're holding too tight and it might be time to let go or allow some distance. Fear might be telling you how deeply and personally you take criticism, even from strangers. It might be telling you that you perceive the possibility of danger or harm if you directly communicate or confront or address somebody when they talk to you in that way. All of those are issues you'd need to grapple with and address. Not because fear and avoidance are the answer. Fear is the messenger. If we misunderstand the fear, it can misdirect us. Avoidance instead of addressing what we need to face. Not because your fear is trying to, because we don't know how to listen, translate, and take the right action to move forward. You've got a choice. Keep avoiding or shift how you respond when fear shows up. Fear is talking. Learn to understand what it's telling you, the danger it perceives. It's incredibly powerful to recognize and address. To recap, today I shared seven pitfalls that can damage your decision-making. The judgment imbalance, the impulse problem, the priority confusion, the alignment issue, the follow-through fallacy, the perfection paralysis, and the fear effect. For each of them, it outlined what creates the problem and how to reverse it. Some people really struggle with frustration, perfectionism, or follow-through. Other times, people misjudge the decision, their own priorities, or how their decisions affect others, all of which can flip a decision from highly effective to problematic. We did a deep dive into how fear can trigger any of the first six problems and pitfalls. We talked about how to shift your understanding and handling of fear to fuel your growth and make better decisions. And next week, I'm going to share my personal five-step framework that I use for myself and with clients to identify what makes a decision important and strategically make the best possible decision. Until then, pay attention to and reverse the script on the seven pitfalls of decision-making. And on that note, I'll see you next week. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast is produced by Dr. Yishai and PodTech. Music by www.purple-planet.com. Dr. Yishai is a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with the guest or listener. The information contained in this publication is for general informational purposes only and shall not be relied on or construed as coaching advice or therapy. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thanks again for listening. 
I hope today's episode fulfilled my mission to help you leverage psychology better in your business and life.